Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture. Because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. Welcome to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and this week I am welcoming our guest, Tammy Hewitt, who is one of our fabulous admins over on the Beyond Sleep Training Project. But Tammy and I actually go way back. We went to high school together, which is amazing, and uh, we actually had pretty well lost contact over the years, um, but we reunited in Thailand for a friend's wedding. (laughs) It was so cool to see your beautiful face and um, big shout out to Tish if she's listening. Um, It was your wedding that brought us back together, which was just wonderful. At the time when I saw you again, you had two of your little boys, but Mm -hmm. since that time you've also welcomed a third baby. I have, yes. And uh, I'm really keen to hear your story about moving beyond sleep training for your little family and um, I'm happy for you to share as much or as little as you'd like with us today, but um, I'll let you take the ropes. Would you like to add anything to your introduction? No, I think you, you've pretty much nailed it. I definitely, um, Tisha's wedding in Thailand was a, a big thing because I remember sitting at the table with you and your two little men 
and um, Tish had strategically placed us. So I was on one side of your little little men. So you two, you and your husband could go and have dinner and have a dance and because she knew that I'd sort of look after them. And we had lots of chats that night. And I think um, one of the things that sort of stuck with me was we did talk about um, becoming parents and having two little men because that, that's who you had at that time. Um, Sylvie came. Sylvie's around the same age as my little Lewis. Um, so just the conversation we had that night and how we both identified, we had a very similar approach to parenting and very similar approach to, um, sleeping. I think that was another point of reconnection, despite, you know, having been so long since we talked. So, um, yeah, and it's really nice reconnecting with you and reconnecting with your sister as well. Um, after school, let's not talk about how long that was, um, <laughs> So you hit the nail on the head. So I've got um, three boys, uh, nine, five, and two. Um, definitely keep me busy. Um, currently, I am a single parent. Um, prior to my number three being born, um, I had been in a same-sex relationship for 15 years. Um, so my parenting journey was with has been with another woman and um, recently... So I can talk a bit, a bit about it later, but certainly interesting re-entering the dating scene, having three kids and um, being a single parent and my approach to um, sleep and how I sleep with my kids um, has certainly been a consideration for me in re-entering the dating scene. And now I've got a wonderful partner who has um, a just-turned-six-year-old daughter. So um, I think going through that journey for me as well, there's been a few different elements to my journey because when I went back on the dating scene, it became quite important to find someone who had the same parenting beliefs as me and the same sleep beliefs as me because it's quite important. Um, but starting my journey with um, Xavier, who's nine, turning 10 in July, which just blows my mind, um, I was super fortunate with him. Um, my early struggle with him was around breastfeeding. So um, something I learnt, he was a very big boy. He was 10 pound two, um, well cooked. He was just, he wasn't even quite a week over, um, but he was quite a big boy. Um, and there was a lot of concern around him uh, not gaining the right amount of weight um, and this was sort of coming from other nurses and that sort of thing when I when I left and I was doing my midwifery checks and um, going out and um, going to the health centres. And I remember going to a private health centre when Xavier was three weeks old um, and she put a lot of fear and anxiety into me around him not getting enough um, food. She was telling me that I should be formula feeding him um, and putting quite a bit of pressure on me around that I wasn't supplying my child with the right amount, that I wasn't breastfeeding him properly. Um, and I remember I was meant to go back. I went back for the for a four-week check. So I was going every week to this private um, clinic because, um, you know, you don't know what you don't know uh, with your first bub. And... Um, I went away from that fourth visit where she told me that I needed to start supplementing him and formula feeding him, um, that he wasn't growing enough and she measured his his um, weight and said he wasn't growing enough. Um, 
And I remember how distraught I was driving away, feeling that I, I now had to formula feed my bub, which was completely against what, what I wanted to do, what I intended to do. Um, and my partner at the time, she sort of turned to me and said, well, do you feel it's right? And I said, no. And she goes, well, let's go see another, get, let's go get another opinion. And this is Saturday. It was a Saturday. So we pulled into a, um, a public clinic and the lady there was absolutely fabulous. So Queensland Health pulled over to a public clinic. Um, she measured his length, but then, uh, sorry, his weight, but then she also measured his length and his head circumference. And she said to me, is he weighing regularly? Is he doing his poos? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she goes, you know, he's grown, his length has grown by about two and a half centimetres and his head circumference had grown by two centimetres. She's like, it doesn't matter that he's not putting on weight. He's actually grown quite a bit in this period of time. And it was that her looking at me and saying to me, hun, trust your gut. You've got this, you know. You don't, you're doing the right thing. It's okay. For me, that was a, a turning point for me because she she reassured me that, you know, he had wet nappies, he had plenty of wet nappies, he had plenty of poo nappies, um, and just trusting my gut that I could breastfeed and she helped support me and she actually took the time to show me what the, a good position was. She showed me, she was the first person to show me that it was safe to co-sleep and got me on the bed and showed me a sideline position and how to put my arm and that sort of stuff. So for me, just finding out that I could do that, like actually lie down with my baby in bed and fall asleep with him and do it safely and him breastfeed, that was, oh my gosh, blew my mind. And he was a really good sleeper. So I, I was quite happily in the first fourth trimester with him where those first few weeks, first three months, he was a really good sleeper. And then we hit uh, a leap and it all changed. And I went, oh, Paul, what, what is this? And went back to the same lady. And she was so great in just supporting me and coaching me through, yep, perfectly normal this is what bubs do. They're growing. They're like us, but they grow, you know, so much quicker in such a short space of time. What our expectation is, is very different to how they work. So it was just about all focused around, you know, this is all natural. It's all meant to happen this way. Um, and again, she said to me, trust your guts. Does it feel wrong? And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't. And she goes, have you been sleeping with him? I'm like, yeah because it's giving me some sleep, especially with this leap. Um, so just getting getting that support um, after, and I can still remember how traumatic it felt driving, thinking I had to formula feed, that I was, I was depriving my child and just finding a person completely randomly who supported me and showed me the right way to breastfeed um, and understanding, especially as a first-time parent, it is so easy not to get it right. Like it's not something that a baby knows how to do straight away and that you as a parent know how to do. It it does take a bit of time and it, it doesn't come naturally. And even when you've had your second, I remember when I had my second and I was breastfeeding him, she's like, oh, no, hon, you're used to breastfeeding a toddler. That's not how you do it with a newborn. <laughs> 
So they're all floppy again. I know, <laughs> and you forget the position. Yeah. Because I totally. fed I fed Xavier until he was two. So there's a four-year gap between Xavier and Ashton. So, you know, my memory's hard-coded into this toddler that's, you know, flopping themselves around you and moving and hanging upside down. And and then you've got this little baby that just sort of squishy lies thing. there. and Yeah, squishy. And so it, it, it's, you know, yes, you know a little bit more as a second-time parent, I think as a first-time parent, getting told, trust your gut. And does it feel right? And getting rid of all the noise of all the advice that you get for me was was just that cornerstone. And I like I think about if I had not have met that lady and walked away from that clinic and not got a second opinion, I may not have co-slept or I might have done it really unsafely because I can remember in those four, first four weeks sitting up and holding him with pillows behind my back and falling asleep that way. And now knowing what I know, how unsafe that is. Um, so just, I, I, you know, feeling so incredibly lucky to stumble across someone who just had common sense and wanted to support me and, you know, did more than just weighing a baby and actually could see that he, he had grown. So with Xavier, I think the leaps were quite dramatic for him because he was quite a good sleeper in between the leap periods. And then I think the saviour for me was definitely finding out how to co-sleep safely. Um, however, he loved the cot. So when um, he was going through those non-leap periods, so those couple of weeks in between where he was rel relatively settled, I could transfer him in the cot um, in, in my room and he would be fine. I breastfed him until he was two. We co-slept until he was two and a half. Um, my partner was supportive of it. Um, however, I think certainly the, the the bit that's been challenging for me upon reflection and, and certainly noticeable, um, it was a bit easier having Lewis by myself because my partner didn't do much to support me. So um, certainly from a primary parent or primary caregiver perspective, um, it's really important for that secondary caregiver to offer support and at night time being able to, to, you know, sometimes act as triage um, or being able to take bub in the morning when they've got that little wakeful period and, and just doing that support supporting bit. Um, because I think that would have made my journey with my first a little bit different as far as feeling more supported and and, and um, not feeling so alone in how I was parenting. Um, so, yeah. Um, what did day sleeps look like for you guys? Was he also a pretty relaxed day sleeper? Yeah, he was a great day sleeper. Um, again, he would he would go into the the cot. I could transfer him into the cot. So he Xavier definitely lulled me into a false sense of security when it came to babies and how they work. Um, and then Ashton came along, um, and Ashton was my crazy baby from the get go. So every pregnancy symptom, oh, and Xavier's pregnancy was relative, relatively un uneventful. So 
you know, I got gestational diabetes or diagnosed with gestational diabetes at 28 weeks, but that was it. On oh, a little bit of sciatica. With Ashton, everything, you know, <laughs> pains and bloating and vomiting and nausea and all day nausea. I found out I was pregnant when I was in hospital. So I guess being gay, it doesn't happen by an accident. Um, so I, I suspected that I could be pregnant because we had started trying again, but I was just getting severe abdomen pain. Um, and so when I told the hospital, because it was really, really crippling, and told the hospital and uh, I told, oh, look, you know, I might be pregnant. Uh, it was a bit too early to tell because it hadn't even been the two-week wait yet. Wow, and you're um, already getting symptoms. <sighs> yeah, yep. So I Rough. Think, yeah, and he he really roughed me up, and it wasn't even the first three months that the the pain and nausea lasted for. Um, and he was just the most active baby. The first time I felt him, I was twelve weeks pregnant, and it was just mind blown, completely different pregnancy. And then when I found out he was a boy as well, I was like, oh my gosh! So certainly, you know, when they say, oh, boy pregnancies are like this, and girl pregnancies are like this, oh no, I've had the whole spectrum. Don't work like that. <laughs> um, so busting that, that myth was, right out of the water. Yeah, exactly. Um, his sleep was like just virtually non-existent. So he only wanted to sleep on me, uh, only wanted to sleep for short bursts. So day sleeps looked a lot like me sitting on the couch, breastfeeding him, breast sleeping him, reading palm cards to Xavier or watching a movie or reading a book um, because as soon as he even felt the sensation of me putting him down, oh, no, sirens were on at night time. <laughs> The same he he refused to sleep in his cot I think I have I have a couple of pictures of him of him sleeping in the cradle up until about six months I think he probably slept in about six times so co-sleeping for me was such a savior in that time um and I remember Xavier going through this period of oh, hold on I'm four there's another baby here that's my space. So I went out and bought him a trundle and had that at the end of the bed because he'd keep coming in. And I'm like, dude, I can't sleep with both of you in the bed plus another parent. This is just not working. And it was in a king bed too. So I think having the trundle at the end of the bed and him feeling that safety and also knowing he could go back to his bed um, created a much more comfortable environment for us. Um, but with Ashton, I think... I got really high anxiety when he was about four months because he just wasn't sleeping. The only way to sleep was on top of me. And here I have this four-year-old who's demanding my attention. I'm, work, I'm, I'm at home, so I felt this expectation to cook and clean and do the washing and that sort of stuff. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't getting anything done. And it was just, it was doing my head in. Like I can remember it so clearly sitting there with Bub sleeping on me again for the 16th time doing flashcards with Xavier and just looking at the amount of dishes that are in the sink or, and the pile of laundry and just really getting highly anxious about it. And we weren't sleeping at night. 
He was waking every 20 minutes. Um, and at that time, I considered sleep training and I did it for about two nights. And I distinctly remember hearing him cry, me sitting with my back against the door going, I freaking hate this. I can't do this. This feels unnatural. And that voice from that lady when I had Xavier going, does it feel right? Does this feel right? It was in the back of my head. And I went, no, 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 this does not feel right to me. Having my baby cry hysterically and just sitting by and letting him cry. I'm going to get emotional. So I'm going to, it just, it just, you know, they're only little for such a little time. And for him, for me to think that that was the way to do it and realising it wasn't him that had the problem of sleeping for 20 minutes, that worked for him. Obviously that worked for him because he was a very happy bub. It didn't work for me. So I had to change my thinking of how I approached it and I had to let go. And lo and behold, the wonderful Ergo carrier became my best friend. I have two. I have one in the house and one in the car. And just it's like something clicked in my brain and went right okay I need to let that go stuff is just not going to happen around the house and that's okay I'm going to have to remove expectation from people he's only a little person he can't do much he wants to sleep on me so how can I sort of find a middle ground and that was getting the carrier out and he loved the ergo absolutely loved it forward chest, being all snuggled up, and I just found this whole new way of doing things. I was able to get some of the washing done and feel like I was getting through my day with my carrier on and still giving him what he needed. Or if it was a particularly rough day and or a particularly rough night, just going, everything can wait. So it was cutting my own expectations out um, and just... And, and I had to push back on my partner too because my, my partner at the time was quite vocal that we weren't getting sleep. So I went, right, if you don't like it, go sleep in, in Xavier's room because I, I knew what I needed and I wasn't going to, um, after those two days, I, I never wanted him to cry and think that I was not going to be there for him. And I, I have, as he's grown, questioned whether, those two days of him sleep, me trying to sleep chain him has impacted his um, perception or attitude and, and his affection. And that, that concerns me that, you know, something that I've done for me, not for him, it's for me, has impacted him in how he's developed because he's less affectionate than my other two. Um, so I know I, I do sort of worry about that and I do sort of mull that over. It's um, one of those things, I, I think, think one, like people, like I sleep train too, as we know, um, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like a, a something that will be forever in the back of our minds, um, but we will never know. And I think that's the thing. Um, I'm not really okay with the fact that I'll never know if, if that had an impact or not. I just wish yeah. that it just wasn't a part of our story, but it'll always be there. And And mm-hmm. people, I know people try to say, oh, no, well, it could be anything else. It's like, yeah, it could be, or it might have been that might thing. Be that. And, yeah. and you can't, you can't, 
all you can do is move on from there, but it, I'm the same. So just so you know, you're not alone on that one. And, and you're 100% right because it does sort of, and it's little moments that you catch yourself. Even now he's five. I catch myself and going, oh, you know, I hope, I hope it's not. And I remember, um, so my mum, my parents have been amazing. So my mum would take them twice a week. And I remember with, Ashton, again, because he was a catnapper, not the same as Xavier, she was saying to me, well, maybe you need to sleep train. You kids didn't do that, blah, blah, blah. And it became a point where um, I was copying it quite a bit from my family. And so I have older siblings. My siblings are um, 10 and 11 years older than me. Uh, and my ex-partner has siblings close to our age. But across both families, we were sort of getting, oh, maybe you should sleep train. You know, our, our babies didn't sleep like that. So for me, it was, again, sort of sitting back and going, does that feel right? Is that truth? And it got to a point, Carly, you know me quite well. I'm not backwards and coming forwards. I'm not. not um, it's what we love you for, Tam. <laughs> <laughs> not very good at keeping my mouth shut with stuff. And I just had to call it. I just had to say, great, thank you for, for your opinions, but it's actually not wanted. Um, this is how I'm choosing to raise my child and this is what feels right. So either you support me and this is how we do things or we find another another way. Um, and what I mean by that is, mum, you, you're not looking after them anymore. And she's like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I mean. If it feels right, you know, I'm just worried about you not getting, good, not getting enough sleep. And I'm like, oh, it's not a problem with me anymore, you know. So after confronting that situation and being quite point blank it the the conversation happened easier where it was you know this is what I do when uh Ashton is not sleeping well during the day let him fall asleep on you let Xavier watch a video or let Xavier um read a book with Xavier was very fortunate that Xavier was an early reader so we were able to do those little little things um so I was educating my family around um, not sleep training and, you know, co-sleeping. And mum, I remember the first time mum fell asleep with him on her bed because I'd, I'd shown her what I'd done and she sent me a text message going, oh, I just co-slept with Ashton. And she was so excited about it because they both got a nap and it was great. How special um, too. She got to have that experience. It is. And I feel incredibly fortunate to have my my mum being such a big feature in their lives. And and like she's got Lewis today, so she has she has the Lewis Monday and Fridays. And just the bond they have with with my mum is just incredible. Um, and she's been an incredible support in my life. And and being able to confront that conversation with someone who is very close to me and who I respect greatly. So you know, with your parent. It's hard enough having a tough conversation, but then to be able to turn around and say to her, I, I don't agree, that's not how I want to raise my child and this is what's right, that's quite a different conversation. So It also um, does go to speak to the level of connection you have with your mum though, that you could have a frank conversation and she could listen and take it on board and yeah. adapt. That speaks to that as well, which is amazing. And I was incredibly proud of her for adapting, for realising that I actually was not going to budge and sleep training was not the solution. 
Um, and, you know, a couple of months later, she sort of commented, oh, it, it, I can see it is working. Like letting go of all of that other stuff that needs to be done. Oh, yeah, it's working. And it's nice having those moments. Like I'd get photos of her with Ashton lying on her chest. And those moments just, you know, as they get older, don't happen as often. So it's really important to treasure those little moments where you're there their world yeah their it's life. food for the soul and it's a shame oh. that so many people miss out on it it's it's actually right. a huge blessing to have that as part of your life and the grandparents lives so it's great to hear too like that, that whole being open with the support network and actually seeing how that can be changed too because not being on the same page is pretty common in families yeah. especially because in many ways we're breaking a cycle of parenting um, that was done with such well-meaning things. So you get these beautiful families where this is still part of their history and it's yep. just been seen as the only option. So it's not. Um, it's nice to see how, how a different way of doing things can be taken on board. I'm just looking at our time and we're actually coming up to our 30 minutes already. Oh, gosh. Um, I know. Would you be open to having another episode with us? Would that be possible? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, well, just so that we actually finish off this episode for this week, though, because it's been yeah. incredible to hear how you've gone with your first two babes so far. What would your tip of the week be for people listening along? What do you wish you could tell a parent on this journey? 100% as a first time parent, trust your instinct, trust your gut, block out all the noise and all the well-meaning advice and just listen to what feels right for you and your bub because no one knows your bub like you do, you know, and that goes for both parents. That goes for both, you know, both parents where, where there's two parents involved, just being able to work together collectively and just listen. I absolutely love that. And I just wish we could find your nurse that you had back I know. at that crucial moment and just give her a big kiss. Mwah! Like what an absolute gem. And this should be the experience that, every new parent has when they present yeah. in the same kind of state that you were in that uncertainty yeah. it's new you're learning and so much oh, yeah. of the actual building of confidence is from reassurance and normalizing so oh, and having, yes and having a professional who you're paying money to turn around and tell you oh no you're doing it wrong this is what you need to do as a first-time parent you believe what they tell you it's because, classic undermining you know, yeah Yep. So incredibly grateful for that woman. Um, I have tried to go back to the clinic since. She was a bit more mature. Um, so I have not been able to catch her in the past or since Xavier. I stopped going for Xavier. So unfortunately, oh, well. yeah. Well, hopefully somewhere yeah, somewhere out in there, if, you, if anyone thinks this sounds familiar, maybe get her to listen along so that she knows what an impact she's had, a positive impact that's now also going to be shared with even more families when they're listening along to the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on this week, Tammy, and I'm very much looking forward to continuing our chat in the next episode. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carly. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. The information we discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. 
Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.